This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. Welcome back to another edition of the Drop Podcast. I am your host, Lance DeScott. There's so much going on in the world today. People are just losing their minds. I don't know what's going on with people. I don't think people have common sense anymore. People need some type of distraction, and that's what the Drop Podcast is. It's for those people that love hockey. It's for those people that love the blues. It's for those people that do both of those and they want to get away for a little bit and think about something they enjoy and not all the crap going on in the world. You guys know I normally don't talk about stuff like that, but I know so many of you are just frustrated with it and I fully understand what you're going through. But let's get to the hockey. The Blues yesterday made a trade that, well, a lot of people are wondering what this trade's about. How Nikita Sashnikov will help the Blues? My answer to that is not much. He's played 70 games in the NHL total. And out of those 70 games, he's got seven goals and seven assists with a minus five. If you watch this guy, and I have because I'm also a Maple Leafs fan, but of course not as much as the Blues. They're a pretty good young team. So I kind of follow them. I kind of know what's going on with this. And this was just a move for Toronto to be able to trade a guy that they really had no options with. They they really had no options with him. They couldn't have done anything else. They get rid of the backlog of their forward off of their roster and they get a 2019 fourth round pick. So the Blues didn't have to give up much. And like I said, this guy's an okay player. If you watch him, He reminds me a little bit of Sabotka with maybe a little bit more of an edge. There are games when Sabotka can be very frustrating to people, gets on their nerves, and then there's games where he even steps it up even more, and he's just a crap disturber, but can score now and again. That's what this guy is. That's exactly what he is. He's that type of player. Sashnikov's always been that type of player. Probably is is a guy that if you had him in an NHL roster, he would probably be a fourth line type energy guy that could give you some speed. Is he in the future plans of the Blues? I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I don't think so. One thing I've been thinking since this trade is, could this trade just be a guy that they could add to make another trade? I'm not saying that's what it is, but could it be? Because I seriously cannot see this guy being in the Blues future plans with all these youngsters coming up. I just can't. There's too many young guys coming up. There's just too much of a log jam with the young talent and the guys that they have existingly on their NHL roster. So is this a great move? No. Is it a move for depth? Yeah, I would say so. So Blues fans out there, don't get too excited. You know, this guy, if he, like I said, if he was on an NHL roster, he'd be a fourth line player. If people get injured, could he step in on the third line maybe? I wouldn't do it, but hey, other teams have done stuff like that. I would give this trade a C-. It's it's not that big of a deal. 
But the blues have other fish to fry and other things to do. After that embarrassing Predators loss, I mean really embarrassing Predators loss, a lot of fans, a lot of media, and I'm sure the coaches in the front office are looking at this team saying several things. Are we a player away from making a Stanley Cup run? No, you're not. That is unless you get a player that maybe can score 35 goals a year. And I don't see the Blues getting that type of player. And you're still iffy on whether you could make a Stanley Cup run. A lot of people are saying this this team is two players away. I think this team is three players away, in all honesty. Could they do it in two players if it's the right players? Yeah. I'm not sure how that this team is going to move forward. We've got to be honest here. The Blues have to be honest to themselves. And we all have to ask the question, is it worth giving up one of your top prospects, an existing player in a draft pick, for a rental guy? I say no. Now, if you could get a signing trade for a very good player, then it might be worth it if you could get the guy to sign for five or six years and he's the right age. We all know the Canadians would be willing to get rid of, of Max Pacioretty, but from what I'm hearing, he's going to de- demand two first-round picks, either an existing player or one of your top prospects. And some people are even saying all of that. Some people are saying an existing player, a top prospect, and two first-round picks. I wouldn't do that. No way. Not for Pacioretty. I might be willing to give up an existing player and a prospect. Just depends on who that prospect is. I just wouldn't give up more than that. I don't see the reason why they would. And then there's Mike Hoffman. Everybody is so enamored with Mike Hoffman. I've seen his games against the Blues. I've seen games he's played against uh, Toronto and other teams. He doesn't impress me. Is he a good player? Yeah. Is he a guy that if you could get for, I don't know, another existing player, i.e. Patrick Berglund and a second round pick? I might do that. But the Senators, I think, are going to ask for a little bit more for Hoffman. I really do. And then there's the latest rumor with uh, Patrick Maroon coming to St. Louis. A lot of people don't know who Patrick Maroon is. He's formerly from St. Louis, and we all know how Blues fans love guys from St. Louis. He did have kind of a breakout season, 27 goals, but he was also on Connor McDavid's line. You can take that with however you want to take it. You can say, hey, Connor McDavid made him better. You can say, no, that was just a very good year. And everybody's saying, oh, we need this guy. You know, he's a big, he's a big guy, can get in front of the net. He's got a big presence in front of the net. He's just, he's the guy with it that we need. He's got skill, size, he works hard. Let's see here. Big net front presence. Skill, size, works hard. I seem to remember a blues player named David Backus that fits that. The Blues were going to keep a guy like that. And I think they found out that they need a guy like that. They should have just kept Backus. I'm not saying they should have signed him to that big six-year contract. Maybe they could have signed him for four years and given him some decent money. I know the Blues made him offers. I know the Blues didn't make him as lucrative of an offer as the Bruins. 
but maybe he would have stayed if you'd given him four years and a little bit under what the Bruins offered him. I'd have been fine with three or four years. I don't know if David Backus would have, but the six years he got, no. Regardless of the fact the Blues needed a, a big net front presence, no, I wouldn't have given it to him. But I think the Blues have learned that they need that. Steen sometimes tries to do that. Stasny gets a lot of his goals up by the net, standing there getting rebounds, standing in front of the net. He's not that big type of guy. And Stasny, another topic. Several articles out say the Blues should sign Stasny. That that's their best option in the offseason if they can get him for decent money. Unless they can get him for about $4 million for about three years, no way. I think you can find a guy that does what he does younger and pay him more, more than that. If you're going to pay Stasny five, $6 million, there's somebody else out there that can do the same thing. Another guy, Evander Kane. A lot of Blues fans are enamored with Evander Kane. Oh, we got to get Evander Kane, Evander Kane, Evander Kane. I wouldn't go down that route either because Buffalo does want two first-round picks a prospect and an existing player for a Vander Kane. I wouldn't do that. He's not worth it. He's had some troubles off the ice, and I'm just not sure if you want to get this guy for as a rental player because you're not going to sign him in the offseason. And as a rental player, he's not going to get you to the Stanley Cup. So the Blues have a lot of decisions to make here coming up. What do they do? Well, that's yet to be seen. But I will say one thing. Trades like these with uh, Sashnikov, they're, they're not helping you immediately. They're just not. Unless, like I said, they're getting him to add him as a piece for another team that maybe wanted him. Maybe a team that doesn't have a lot of depth. That's looking for a Scotty Epshaw, Sabotka-type slash player. And then coming out a couple days ago because of the injury to Joel Edmondson and the best guesses on him coming back, and this is the most optimistic, is he'll be back before the playoffs. You, you don't know. He could be back before the playoffs. He could miss some of the playoffs. The Blues might not even make the playoffs. What do you do? Do you let guys like Butler play? Give him some more time? Do you go out and trade for a guy? Uh, there's rumors the Blues want Buffalo's Josh Georges, and I'm telling you, he's just another journeyman. Just another guy in the mix. He's 33 years old. He'll be 35 in August. Could this guy give you some depth? Yeah, but don't give anything up for a guy like this. It's not worth it. With all the players that Buffalo's asking for for Evander Kane, Hell, they're probably going to want a first-round pick for this guy or a second-round pick. He's a journeyman defenseman who this year has only played 25 games. He's a minus four. We don't need to be trading for a guy that's a minus four and play 25 games. We just don't. He's got experience, yes. But I seriously hope the Blues don't go that route. And then there's Rick Nash. Hey, I like Rick Nash as a player, but he doesn't get you to the Stanley Cup. Is that what the Blues do? I, I just don't know. But I think New York's going to want too much money for him. I think New York's going to want too many assets for him. 
Nash has given the 12 teams he'd go to, and it does include the Blues. But it also includes the Predators. It just depends on how much of Nash's salary that the Rangers are willing to pay. And I've heard they're willing to pay up to half of it, which would help a lot of teams out. I'm not sure what's going to happen here at the trade deadline. There's so many scenarios. The Blues could stand pat. And by that, I think they'd be telling people this isn't our year. They could make a move that maybe helps them to get to the playoffs. But I, in all honesty, at this point, I may be wrong, I don't see them making a move that's going to make them a Stanley Cup contender. Even if they got a great player that a lot of people could think of move them to a Stanley Cup contender, what's this team been doing? This team could have Connor McDavid on it. And with the players around him not playing well, you're not going to win. Look at Edmonton. Edmonton's got Connor McDavid. They've had so many issues this year. Why? Because the players around him aren't playing good enough. If the Blues are in that boat, don't mortgage the future for this year. Is it going to upset me if they don't make the playoffs or they get beat early in the playoffs? Yeah. But I'd rather see them stand pat and not give up everything in their vault for a guy that's, you know, 30 to 35 years old that helps them this year and might help them in a couple years or helps them this year and he becomes a free agent. I don't want to see that. I think most Blues fans don't want to see that. I think most Blues fans think like I do. The Blues will be taking on the Stars tonight and they really need to show some heart. This team has not really shown heart. Yeah, they played good and won a couple games against uh, the Avalanche and then the Jets. But overall, this team's been so inconsistent. Lack of heart is what I say. And the other day at the postgame interviews after the terrible, terrible loss, one of the worst in my mind in franchise history, Alex Petrangelo as a captain started to come out and say something negative against his team. Times like this, your captain needs to step it up. When your team's playing bad and just falls apart, you need to come out and say, we had a great second period, and then we fell apart in the third. Too many mistakes. We played terrible. There's no excuse for it. We played terrible. We. Keyword there, we. He's including himself if he had said that. But he didn't. He stopped himself. To me, that's a captain that's trying to learn. But there's a lot of other guys in the NHL that have really thrown himself and his other team out there as playing bad. And Petrangelo didn't do it. He just didn't. I'm hoping he can learn and maybe someday do that. People can disagree with me and say, no, a captain can't do that. It's going to cause a riff in a team and it may cause them not to play as a team. This team's not playing as a team right now. They're just not. So what does it matter? In my opinion... I think the players would have respected Petrangelo for saying that. Because as a captain, you call out yourself when you don't play well. You call out your whole team when they don't play well. You don't ever call out an individual player. You just don't. And I didn't want him to do that. But Alex, in that instance, you should have come out and said, we fell apart. We played terrible in the third period. There's no excuses for it. We're not playing well right now. We're not playing well as a team. We're just not. You have to do that. Because if this team 
can't do that, there's big issues in that locker room. And then you had Carter Hutton come out and say, I quote him on this, there's plenty of hockey left in the year. <laughs> like I said, there's no guarantee this team's going to be playing in the offseason. And he said that several times this year among with other players. Play bad enough and say that enough. There's plenty of hockey left. And you'll be looking at the end of the regular season out of the playoffs or in the playoffs in a very early exit in the playoffs. You won't be able to say there's plenty of hockey left. You'll be saying, oh, there's plenty of golf this summer until next season. Let's hope the Blues can wrap this up, start playing better, make a better effort, a 60-minute effort. Consistency wins in the NHL. Consistent effort, consistent game planning, consistent game planning changes during the game. That's what wins you games in the NHL and wins you Stanley Cups. Inconsistency does not win you Stanley Cups. Enough said. We've went over a lot in this podcast. Let's hope the Blues can make some adjustments. Let's hope they don't sell the farm for a guy that really doesn't deserve that type of trade. Let's hope if they get somebody, he can help them now and help them in years to come. And it's not just some rental guy that is going to maybe give you six goals the rest of the year. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this special edition of the Drop Podcast. You know we'll be back for the game recap against the Stars and after every single game and whenever there's Blues news to discuss or any big news going on in the NHL, we will be here. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and let's go Blues. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, www.droppodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our show and download current and past episodes from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and Google Play. You can follow The Drop on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or The Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com, theofficialdrop at gmail.com, or lancedd at droppodcast.com. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.